0: This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen. Hello and welcome to episode two of our Be Well podcast series. I hope you enjoyed our very first episode where we focused on BAME mental health. Our episode today will continue with the mental health theme. We're going to discuss coming out of lockdown and adjusting back to normal life, and I guess now our new normal and the anxiety that it can bring. Joining me today, I have Kerry, who is a lecturer in psychology, Rick, head of student counselling services, Helen, who is a fourth year student studying anthropology, and Julius, who is currently studying his MA in international relations and legal studies. A huge warm welcome to you all, and thank you so much for joining me today. So, lockdown measures are starting to ease all around the world at different rates. For some, this brings much longed for opportunities being able to see friends, play sports, and even returning to campus. For others, the thought of leaving lockdown and returning to normal life is really worrying. So how do we begin to reintegrate into society again? And do you have any concerns?
1: I was gonna say, I think um, we're often creatures of habit. So any kind of change can be quite tricky for us. Um, And especially at the moment where lots of things are changing, a lot of the time, uh, things are quite different to what we're used to. um, Any sort of change can feel quite difficult. And, and that's quite a normal response in this type of situation.
2: I, I would agree. I think um, humans, yeah, we, we just don't like change. We we like the status quo. We like what we know. And I think what's, what's challenging about where we are at the moment is, yes, we are coming out of lockdown. But there seems to be the threat of sort of dipping in and out of further uh, restrictions. So things are continually changing. So... We've had a few more restrictions in the central belt of Scotland recently, uh, and it may be that that will extend further or other changes might happen. It's, it's just trying to keep abreast of everything and, and understanding, well, what's going on now? Um, it, it, does, it, it does cause anxiety, I think. We're just, we're just not used to it.
3: I also would add that, that anxiety um, of, the, of the second wake uh, is also very, very present. Uh, in France, where I live at the moment, uh, unfortunately, we are in the, in the middle of that second second wave, awake. Um, and uh, if Scotland isn't, that's great. And I really knock on the wood that it doesn't come to that. Um, but I think this uncertainty, uh, if it's going to be worse again, if it's going to be longer this time and so on, um, is incredibly bad. And it also ties in with the fact that people maybe have even the anxiety to be uh, taking advantage of the kind of new liberty that they have coming out of lockdown because they know that meeting that friend at the pub could mean um, continuing uh, the spread or could mean uh, contracting the virus, getting infected, infecting others. So it's kind of a, a, a thing that we are not yet in the totally safe space because there is no vaccine yet and there is no um, uh, no certainty that all the people that you are going to meet up with so happy about that freedom that was given back to you that this is actually not gonna have a a negative effect on the other side so any kind of utilizing that freedom is also a risk Um, and the same happens with my friend for example who decided to stay uh, in Brussels um, rather than going back to Aberdeen Um, and he is kind of thinking about uh, going back to Aberdeen for the second term because he really misses the university experience but then he doesn't know when I get there will this actually be university experience or will I just be on my own because there will be another lockdown because there will be maybe just one or two sessions uh, in person um, on campus so is it actually worth going back or should I rather stay in my family home which is nice but no university experience?
0: Yeah, I completely, completely agree with what you're saying. I think you've made a really fair point also about the the safety. That can be another thing that can induce anxiety, that maybe people fear that, am I going to do the wrong thing? Am I going to do the right thing? So maybe I'll just stay in my house because I don't want to be the cause of spreading the virus to, like, loved ones who might potentially be at more risk than I am. So definitely you raise a fair point there with safety and the university experience 100% definitely it's it's not the same at home and then you have the the thought of and fear of isolation and trying to weigh up the pros and cons
4: I think that's a really good point as well because people at the start of the year sort of thought oh by the summer then we'll be free we'll be able to do what we want things will be back to normal but now then it just sort of seems like it's going to be a never-ending stream of like circuit breaker lockdowns or new measures coming into place and i think people are worried about what their impact is like you've all been saying but also people are trying to think carefully about what they can do to minimize the risk but also i think people are starting to get a bit fed up now of the regulations and what you've been saying before like there have been people that have been sort of pushing it a bit which is definitely going to cause more problems
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. It's partly there's just so much for us to think about at the moment with all the rules and all the changes and and our brains make us want to try and predict what's going to happen next, especially if we're feeling anxious. So we're using up so much headspace um, on all these extra things. And that's really tiring in itself and just makes us all feel um, quite unsettled. I think. Um, and also, like you say, also mixed feelings. Um, people getting fed up with all the rules and, and restrictions too.
2: And I find as well as, as the changes um, um, in terms of res- restrictions shift all the time, uh, I think that there's quite a lot of social anxiety that's going on out there. So I think particularly when we've come out of full lockdown and are in a sort of a semi-lockdown um I, I remember going to the shops um, after lockdown and thinking, oh my gosh, there are, there are real people out there. Um, but it was funny because I, I saw in shops, you know, obviously we had masks on, but people tend to sort of look away. You, you, you almost pass each other back to back in a very weird kind of way. We don't normally do that. And normally, you know, I live rurally and you'd, you'd probably just smile to the person next to you, but there seems to be a sort of a disconnect that was happening.
3: And I think that's very alien to us as well. One observation that I made about this um, mask-wearing thing is that uh, in, the, in the first couple of weeks, I always felt like everyone is so um, focused on their own thing and everyone is looking grim and, and kind of grumpy. Um, and it is true that definitely I don't want to claim that facial communication is not essential of, of seeing someone's face completely. But what I want to say uh, on the other hand side is the observation that I made that actually... Um, seeing if someone is actually smiling at you is visible in the eyes. So I kind of became more aware that it's not necessary to see the actual mouth corners go up uh, in order to see if that person is actually looking at you in a friendly way or not. And that, again, made me kind of more aware of, um, of yeah nonverbal communication, made me more aware of observing people and kind of seeing if they are actually friendly with me, um, or happy or unhappy, just looking at their eyes. So, uh, I mean, of course I would prefer to see someone's face, but it's just an interesting observation that I made uh, with this with this whole mask wearing thing.
1: Definitely, definitely, good point.
4: I think it's interesting as well to consider how, um, like you're saying, how people have been reacting to wearing masks, because I've been working in a bar, which is now closed for this next two weeks. But during my time working there over the past few months, then it's been like oh. quite interesting to see the people who will come in and then not wear a mask and how annoyed they'll get about it. Even although in Scotland then it's been part of the legislation for so many months already and they just sort of say, oh, I'll just go somewhere else. So it kind of made me worried thinking like, where, where are these people going that they're getting away with not wearing masks?
0: Yeah, definitely. The anxiety with, you know, you can do all, you know, that you're meant to do to to keep yourself safe, but others potentially aren't. And and that can also be really anxiety-inducing as well. With us being so isolated and being at home, you kind of have only had to, like, look after yourself and keep yourself safe. But with now things opening up a little bit more freely, well, they were opening, they may be shutting again, but, you know, with it always changing, you just don't know. And certainly for me personally, I would say that I'm I'm more anxious now than what I was right at the start of lockdown. Because I think way back in March, when, you know, lockdown came into the UK, everyone was very much aware that, you know, you were to stay and in, stay inside. And I felt like the rules were much clearer, whereas right now the guidance can be you know, it's different from Glasgow and Aberdeen and then like Liverpool as such. So if you were even traveling throughout the UK, you would have to then go and look at the restrictions before you travel, because before that would never would have been the case. So for me personally, I feel like I'm actually quite a different person, kind of post COVID than I was before. For an ex- for example, like I kind of feel that maybe my, my self confidence and my confidence with communicating with people is, is definitely kind of declined, because I've I've not seen people i've I've not really been speaking to to many people, certainly face to face, so I definitely feel that I think we're gonna come out of the covid area into nor- normal life as as being different people. I definitely you know lived by a structure and a schedule whereas right now any thought of a schedule and like my brain can't handle it whereas before i would I would thrive on having a schedule, and that's how I would live my life whereas now. I kind of think, well, I'd do something like when I want to do it, not at a particular time. I don't know about you guys.
1: I, I I feel permanently disorientated at the moment. I you know, things like getting the day of the week wrong or sometimes feeling like we're in a different time of the year than we're in because time seems to be going in one way very fast and in another way very slowly. And again that thing I think at the beginning of lockdown we all kind of knew we had to do this clearly for a set time, and then we thought it would be finished. So that helped us manage the anxiety. And now we're realizing there isn't going to be a set point at the moment, you know, that we're clear when it finishes. So that uncertainty is, I think, making all of us feel anxious. And the only good thing in a sense is that lots of us are able to acknowledge more that we are all feeling anxious. And that is a really normal, healthy reaction to what's going on.
3: I would be very interested um, to hear from, from the Be Well um, uh, team and, and from, from the counselling service uh, also, and um, also from, from you, Kerry, as, as clinical psychotherapist, is that the word? Psychologist. Psychologist, sorry, um, how the kind of uh, queries that you receive um, changed. Um, and also if, if kind of the amount of requests has gone up, because obviously, on the one hand side, counseling online is very different to uh, in-person, but also it's much less of a barrier to just click a link rather than go into an office or like a surgery and enter that house physically. So I would be interested in that. Um, But maybe before that, I wanted to bring in um, a more positive note with regards to the whole um, uh, lockdown and and everything moving online kind of thing. Because for me, um, it really was um, remarkable to see um, how much you can actually do online. Um, I have joined uh, an organization. Um, I have um, done a, a project with regards to, to elections in, in, in the municipality and um, concerning usages citizens' participation in that. Um, and with both that project and that organization that I joined, I have never met any person ever in person, but somehow I feel so connected to these people because of hours of Zoom calls and um, a kind of really, a friendship has developed without having ever seen that person physically. And that is maybe also an individual thing. There is people who need that physical presence. So this is something important to say. But for me, it was surprising to see how you could ever feel so connected to someone that you've only seen on a screen. I mean, this could be an animated character. Technically, but it wasn't obviously. Um, and the second point also is with regards to everything moving online. There is so many opportunities. Um, I can at 9 a.m. I can join an event uh, in London. At 11 a.m. Uh, I can talk to my friend from Malta. At 3 p.m. Um, I can join an event in Madrid. But also in the evening, I could join a lunchtime event uh, in New York. So the kind of possibilities that this online world has. Um, is uh, uh, remarkable, are uh, endless. And for me personally, it was a very positive experience to see how much can be on, done online. Um, I also noticed that uh, remote studying, or like, a, like an online university, would be an, an option for me. The only thing is, and this is what I definitely need too, because I'm not uh, someone who doesn't meet people physically, um, is the possibility to meet people physically and to travel also, to meet friends that I have abroad. Um, And this is something that's affecting me personally because I do have a lot of friends in other countries and I love to travel um, and I can't do that at the moment. But with regards to learning and joining different events, maybe joining even an organization, doing projects together, um, what we can do thanks to digitalization is really remarkable. And with all the sadness and with all the uncertainty that comes in, I think if possible, especially those people struggling with that, um, should try to take advantage of those new things um, that the online world... bring to them and that could maybe help overcome the more negative sides of the whole situation.
2: I think that's a really good point Julius. Um, It's almost kind of looking at the opportunities where things can be done differently or better and that's the small light at the end of the tunnel I think. Um, Interestingly from a counselling point of view, um, traditionally we tend, the most common presenting issues to our services tend to centre around anxiety issues, uh, low mood depression and probably relationship issues. So I wouldn't say that they've unduly changed, although I think we're feeling people are more isolated now because of the self-isolation that a lot of people have had to go through. Um, but a couple of observations that I've picked up over the last bit, and I think particularly using audiovisual communication, is there's been a sort of a, a disinhibition effect. So uh, rather than somebody coming to our office and they're thinking, well, I haven't been here before, this is a bit new, I'm feeling a bit anxious. Actually, we're seeing them in their home now or in their in their accommodation. Um, and they can also see us in our homes. And I think rather than being the professional, we are somebody who's also working from home. So there's an equalness, there's more of an equalness for that. Um, I think people are also a bit more open. Um, as you were saying, Juliet, it's just really... Pressing the button and you're you're already there, so there's there's that kind of equalness. Uh, the the other point um, I was gonna make um, I've actually forgotten, <laughs> um, but it was a really valid point. No, yes, the other point I was going to mention is um, something about tolerating ambiguity. So the changes are changing, and we we need that stability. So. If we're better able to tolerate the ambiguity, we can accept it a lot more. And so, it's something about an acceptance strategy, to accept that things are changing all the time. One of one of my work colleagues was having a lot of problems with her computer and internet connection, and it was driving her crazy. She was she was relying so much on this technology, and yet it wasn't working properly, and it was really causing a lot of frustration. Um, But she came to the conclusion that, well, you know what, I'm going to have these IT blips quite frequently because that's the way it's been. And I'm just going to accept it. This is going to happen. So I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm not going to get angry with my computer. I'm not going to throw it out the window. I'm just going to accept that these things happen. And already she was a lot better able to deal with that situation.
1: I I was going to just link in with that as well to to agree in saying something that I've been finding helpful for me and for working with people along those lines of accepting is that idea of kind of using change, accept, let go. So is this something I can change? Is this something that's in my control? Um, I've been spending a lot of time getting angry about things I realise are not in my control at the moment. So can I change it? If I can, change it. If not, try and accept it. If I can't, then... Try and let go and keep my energy for for something something else, and it 's not easy to do, but sometimes having sort of ideas like that um, can be helpful
2: and I think added to that i would I would say that yes, we can 't change the situation, but we can change how we think, feel, or behave. These are things that we do have control over, so that we can we can choose to think more positively, we can act in a way that's more productive. Uh, we can manage our emotions in a different way. These are things that we can control and we do like to control things. So I'd agree with that, Kerry.
3: I would also add into that with regards to uh, accepting the situation. I have a very close friend who just finished university um, in Spain. Um, You know, Spain is incredibly affected um, and you know that Spain hasn't been the best place for young people to find employment in the past either. So now it's even worse for new graduates uh, to find employment um, and and uh, it made her really upset and 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 super disappointed with the world and also angry to to some extent um how this virus was was basically uh, killing her her pro- professional prospect because she 's been working so hard she got excellent grades and now it's so, will be so hard to find an employment um, and and exactly th- those three words that that you have this uh, change um, adapt um, accept um, and, and le- let it go kind of thing, that's that's really important, because there is, and that's what I've been trying to tell her, there is certain things which we have zero control about, zero, and this is this, is this infection rate, um, these are governmental restrictions, and we somehow need to work our way around, Is it, as if it's raining outside, you're going to need to take an umbrella or you're going to get wet, um, yeah. that, that kind of mentality. Um, and I mean, it sounds it sounds maybe too simple, and it sounds as if um, someone who's saying it like me now is not accepting or appreciating that this is a very difficult situation. But I think looking ahead, finding a way out, not to sort of just dig yourself into a hole and be sad and be anxious, we somehow have to see how we can sort of find a, find a workaround. And then again, see the positive side. Like, for example, the fact that at the moment, companies... Uh, are offering virtual internships. I mean, how could you, how would you have imagined to do an internship in a company in the US or in Asia, uh, where you would have had to move and maybe also um, had been given a work visa and so on, and now you can do this because it has been moved online. So any kind of negative thing also has a positive thing. And it's about seeing that positive thing and that positive opportunity that arises um, that will help people get through um, a phase of, of, of grief and disappointment.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. And it does just highlight that no matter kind of where you are in your life, we're kind of all, we're all going through this the same thing. It's hard for everyone, but everyone's battle is slightly different. You know, if I have a mental health illness, I might struggle in a different way from someone that doesn't have a mental health illness. Or maybe it's the first time that, I maybe noticed that I might have uh, a mental health condition, you know, maybe struggle struggle with anxiety where that hasn't been prominent before in someone's life. It maybe is now. And certainly at the start, the, the juggling of being at home like 24-7 with your children could have been really difficult, whereas some people might have really, really enjoyed that time. So I think it is just important to highlight that Everyone's struggle is complete. Like it's different, although we are going through the same thing. It's not the same. It's not really comparable, and I think there will be a lot of people in a very similar situation to your friend who is really concerned about you know f- future prospects on for their job. I can understand why they would feel that all their hard work is maybe is gone to waste, that they, they can't find a job or they, they're maybe in a job but it's not related to their degree, so it's not quite with their career goal. But I think it's important to highlight that as you say there is kind there is some positives, these times will will change, whether it ever goes back to normal as it was before, but we will learn to evolve with it and there'll be new opportunities in place for people. Helen,
4: do you want to come in with anything at all? um yeah i would I would agree like with what you're saying, I think that there's definitely been people that will have really struggled like through lockdown and like just in general, with their mental health um and it is important to acknowledge that because like as you say, people will definitely have had different experiences, and I think it's also. I think maybe like one of the things that I've sort of been trying to help me is like I've been trying to think about plans that I can make for the future that I know could happen because it's quite difficult knowing that there's just sort of like a like a, a vast forever that coronavirus might still exist in but if you kind of try and take control of the things that you can then that's something that's kind of been helping me I've sort of been trying to think about now that I'm in fourth year I've been trying to think about things that I can do like online to help me um, get better grades or get better qualifications and even think about things that I might want to do in the future so I've been looking at different degree programs that I could do for masters so like taking control in that way has sort of been helping me to not focus too much on present but still be aware of what's going on obviously.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I f- I feel like it's re- it is really important to kind of have a plan, give yourself something to look forward to as, as well, you know, the these times will will change, we're not sure when, but it's cha- it's changing constantly. Th- things will will get better and times will move. Kind of just to um round up the the episode. I just wanted to chat about maybe some self-help strategies that maybe people, if people are anxious and they are struggling, is there any, like, your top tip for struggling with anxiety? Does anyone have anything that they could share with our listeners?
2: I've got a few that I scribbled down earlier. Um, one of them is to kind of re reassess what anxiety means to you. So it's actually understanding what is the anxiety actually about, um, it's also recognising that some anxiety is actually not a bad thing, it's it's like there's good anxiety and there's destructive anxiety. Um, I think before exams everybody gets anxious and that's probably to a certain degree quite healthy because it keeps us alert and focused when we need to be alert and focused. So it's recognising that not all anxiety is bad as such. Um, it's also looking at what the triggers are and what our responses are to that anxiety. So is it because we're going out and seeing people? So is it a social anxiety? What is the anxiety, what is the anxiety about seeing people all about? But how do we respond to that? Do we, do we try and get out of the situation and collude with it? Or do we try and engage and accept and, and work through it? I think if we're in a moment when we are feeling quite anxious, a simple breathing exercise can be very effective and there's one called the 478 exercise which seems to work quite well for a lot of people so you inhale for 4 seconds hold your breath for 7 and then exhale slowly for 8 478 and that can help in the moment to reduce your heart rate to feel a bit calmer to feel a bit more mindful and, and grounded. Those are a few just thoughts from me.
3: <laughs> and now here comes the uh, advice in quotation marks from someone who is not an educated expert. Um, for me, what helps me um, when I'm insecure, when I'm really down, um, is talking to friends. Um, and for me, this is maybe uh, also something easy to do because I'm, I'm personally a very open person. So I don't um, have problems sharing, at least with my dear friends, uh, very personal issues. And I also don't have um, uh, issues sharing that on a video call. So this is something that, again, makes it easier for some, someone like me to open up. Um, but if 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 we really try to get our head around the fact that even though it's a video call, it's still the same person, and it's still the same person that listens to me, that has the same kind of emotional tie with me, even though there is... 100 kilometers, 1,000 kilometers between the two of us, um, then I think uh, friendships um, can really help you and and, and a listening friend um, and maybe a friend that knows you very well usually and can maybe even give you advice um, is a is a huge aid in, in overcoming an anxiety, insecurity, sadness uh, and so on and so forth. Good point. Um, and I think, again, this is something where I see some, something positive about the, the pandemic. Um, it's about taking the time uh, to just call that friend. Um, usually there is a lot of friends that you meet every day, uh, student colleagues, work colleagues, and so on, maybe your sports colleagues. And then there is many friends where you always have to meet up by sort of setting up a date. And um, I'm extremely bad usually with uh, keeping in touch with people and I take long t- a lot of time to text back and so on and so forth. And during the, the pandemic, when I realized, actually, I can't meet anybody right now, Um, it came to my mind how important it actually is to keep in touch with people and to just call them um, and to just have a conversation. Maybe two hours, maybe three hours, uh, but also maybe just for half an hour. um, But to reach out to these people who are close to you and um, to sort of keep up the relation. So for me, the pandemic also taught me um, how to better have those remote relationships um, that, that that many of us have and that all of us had during the lockdown because we were not allowed to meet them physically. Um, so talking to friends, being open about that and trying to sort of let aside the fact that this is an, a screen screen on screen conversation rather than a physical one, I think.
4: I totally agree with what? you. I think it's so important to like, speak to your friends about how you're feeling. And it's even important as well, just to be able to listen to their problems as well because I think sometimes You speaking through each other's problems is so helpful for both of you. You can speak about, especially for me, lots of my friends are in Britain, so they're kind of going through the same experiences with lockdown and coming out of lockdown. So I think that was quite helpful, being able to speak to other people and other students as well who are also in the same place. And another thing that I found really helpful was sort of doing things, especially in lockdown, that I might not have had the chance to do otherwise. I ordered some clay off Amazon and I started like making some models and stuff. So that was something that was sort of fun that I've always wanted to try and do that I hadn't had a chance to do before. So that was a kind of interesting thing that I did. And another thing that I did was um, I learned how to make a, a traditional basket um, from my home, which is the Shetland Islands. Um, And that's something that I've been wanting to do for, like, years and years and years. So it was really interesting to take that time and to really learn how to do those things and to enjoy doing the things that, or enjoy doing the small things, I suppose.
1: Um, It's lovely to hear that. And some thoughts from from me would be... um... I think trying to accept that um, we're all on a bit of a roller coaster at the moment. So there's lots of ups and downs um, for everybody. And in a way, trying to enjoy the ups um, when we can, having fun, connecting with people, as we've said. And then in the Downs, one good thing about the Downs is that we learn stuff in the difficult bits that helps us the next time we get to a difficult bit, um, if you like. And when we are in a difficult bit, even though it's really hard, trying to be kind to ourselves. And that can sound a bit cheesy, but really thinking if, if you sort of hear this critical voice telling yourself off, You know, would you be friends with that person Um, and trying to think, what would you say if it's someone you care about in this difficult situation? And just trying to be kinder to ourselves and doing little things each day that give us a break from it all, make us feel good or make us feel relaxed or just getting a rest from thinking about everything that's going on.
3: And one more thing that comes to my mind um, is really reaching out. Um, and taking advantage of the, of the many different places that you could go to. The university has been mailing this very often, actually, and I, I find this excellent. And I really have to say that the University of Aberdeen is very different to other universities, because I've seen emails from my sister's university, uh, which basically contain stuff like, um, you know, uh, we are going to check your attendance in the online classes, and um, if you don't switch your camera on, we will think that you are absent. And and all these things, like really like digging, like rubbing in onto that kind of anxiety thing. And the University of Aberdeen has really emphasized that there is a lot of support services available. Um, I think like five or six different places that you can go to. And it's really important to take advantage of these services, I think. Um, But again, this requires sort of the kind of courage to speak up and to talk to someone. And this is why I just want to say that even if it's just uh, a friend, even if it's just a person that I know from a tutorial and that person was to talk to me, Um, I would be extremely honored that that person was to open up to me. So I think for anyone who's listening and who is unsure about, should I be talking to someone, is my problem, also a very typical thing, is my problem even big enough? There is people with much bigger issues than I have. Um, No, I think emotions and feelings uh, can never be wrong, first of all, and they can also never be sort of compared in size or significance. And that's why I think it's really important for anyone who, who has issues or who has who is maybe unhappy that this person really knows um, and we are all aware that there is first of all a lot of places that you can go to um, who are there for exactly those problems even if they seem very very small they are exactly there for these, for these problems um, or even friends um, and that everyone who you are going to talk to um, is going to be very very honoured that you open up towards that person um, and is going to do their best um, to help you and if that is only only, in quotation marks again, if that is only listening. I think that's really, really important uh, to be aware of, of how much is out there and how willing people are to make you feel better because n- no human normal person likes if someone is suffering, especially not if it's someone who you're close to.
0: Yeah, I think it's really po- important to remember that if you are struggling and, and you're listening to this podcast and maybe hoping for some self-help tips that you ho- I hope you find this useful, but it's really important to remember that you're not alone. There is support available and the support that we've talked about and the coping mechanisms that we have chatted about during this podcast, we will share the links. So if you are struggling and you have been listening and you think that would be useful, you'll be able to click onto the resources and they'll be able to help you too. So I would just like to say thank you very much to Carrie, Helen, Rick and Julius for joining me today. It's been fantastic for me to hear your experiences and get some advice from you guys as well. Thank you so much again to our listeners as well for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode and take care and I'll see you next time. This podcast
4: is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.